This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it, all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com/wonder. Good morning, crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from a top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto. Andrew, a.k.a. The Cashflow King, is joining us. And I got a bunch of questions for our live chat, so we'll introduce you as well. I'm very excited for today's episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how the Federal Reserve is ready to enter the crypto game. But first, we're going to see companies like BlackRock, JP Morgan, and Citibank offering their ETF clients, ETF products to their clients. What could this mean for XRP investors with our token being the only token in the United States with clarity? And with the largest financial firms on the planet in the process of turning digital, we break down the details, showing you a new article from HSBC breaking down how Ripple's cross-border payments change the game going forward. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcasts, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, we're going to be talking about ETF news today, but I've also got a great Twitter thread from David Schwartz comparing the value of Bitcoin to the value of XRP. I know you're going to be interested in that, but first of all, how are you feeling? Thanks for being here. Dabs, I'm feeling great as always. Good morning to all the word maniacs out there. We love and appreciate you guys for showing up every single day, very, very consistently, because it is definitely a, uh, you know, it's one of those things where you want to be involved every day. Great to see Andrew. Can't wait to hop into it. Absolutely, guys. We got the cash flow king joining us as well. Andrew, welcome back to the show and happy new year, my friend. How are you feeling this morning? Hey, good morning, everybody. Good evening. Good afternoon. Yeah, happy new year, everybody. Um, yeah, I feel great. Great. I'd like to share a short story with you. You know, I do the smart investor course for crypto stocks, the program. We made so much money the last seven days. It's insane. Uh, uh, with HUD, a minor 40%, Stronghold, 33%, Square, 55%. It, it looked like every, every exit point came at the same time. So, you know, and, and the students are making the same money. In, so that, that is what I call a New Year's bonus. So the, the, the New Year started extremely good for me. And I'm looking forward, forward to a great show. Awesome, Andrew. Thank you for being here, guys. And we already got 210 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And today we're going to be talking about the Bitcoin ETF as well. Because that matrix report that came out yesterday was not what it seemed. And also, BlackRock began buying Bitcoin this morning, starting with $10 million dollars. We're going to be breaking it down, but let's start the show off the same way we always do by checking out the Good Morning Crypto Twitter account that is at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. Go smash that follow button for updates all throughout the day. When we check out some of our daily movers this morning, we've got Casper token up 6%, Cardano's up 1%, AVAX 4%, rest of the market is up about 2% across the board. When we look at our uh, total coin market cap this morning, we are sitting at $1.68 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 51% dominance. Ethereum is about 16%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at 43,800. Ethereum is 2271. Solana is back above 100. And we've got XRP sitting here at 58 cents this morning. And Johnny, 
We broke down a lot of news from yesterday, but the Ellie Tourette news is something that we should address at the beginning of the show. What happens here is it starts with Bitcoin. It's just like an everyday investor, right? They enter this market, they learn about Bitcoin, then they slowly move into the alts. That's what we're going to see with the institutions. And this is an example of that. As yesterday, the SEC held meetings with NASDAQ, CBOE, and the New York Stock Exchange to finalize their submissions for the spot ETF issuers. This is how it starts. And we're going to play a video explaining that for our listeners. But think about it. How did you come into crypto, Johnny? Everybody comes in, they hear about Bitcoin, then they understand volatility creates wealth. Watch and wait until these institutions get involved with the altcoins. But I just want to get a brief take from you. What do you think about the SEC going to be addressing a Bitcoin ETF before January 8th? You know, whether they do or don't, I think the reality is I don't care exactly when they, when, you know, towards January 4th, January 8th, January 10th. You hear all these different days. It don't matter. The point is it just needs to come and it will come. We will get it. Uh, there's just, you know, they're, they're, they're too deep into it now for us not to get it. It's just going to be a matter of when, I think, at this point. And you're right. It's going to bring in, it's going to change the game. It's going to legitimize this space to to the degree where people right now always felt it was a scam and it was uninvestable and that's going to change in the minds of people because a lot of people are going to you know their brokers are going to be calling them up and their clients are going to be calling up all the boomers and telling them you know hey it's okay it's safe to get in now the sec approved it it's a new asset it's going to go to yeah i saw today i just saw today the big boys right there's three different projections on bitcoin what was 100 grand what was 275 grand and what was 600 grand what do you think the brokers are going to tell their clients when they pick it hey you know this new bitcoin asset this thing's going up to 600,000 that's what they're going to be saying at. you know and the boomers are going to get excited the brokers are telling them they could do it and they think there's going to be big opportunity and they're going to sell them a whole narrative of, you know, people made tons of money in crypto and all that. And it's volatile and all. And who makes the most money? They, the brokers. The <laughs> broker. Exactly. <laughs> why on that's, that's why I'm saying it's going to be huge, Andrew, because the brokers know they're going to push. The, they're going to pump this so much like they never pumped before. I don't know how to say any more than that. They're going to pump it up. <laughs> They're going to be pumping and pumping. And, and that's the reality that a lot of people in the beginning were contrary to, right? Andrew, so many investors came into this market saying, I'm buying Bitcoin to get away from the banks. Now we're jumping up and down on this show because we know at the end of the day, when the banks and the institutions come in, the liquidity follows very fast. And I'm going to kick it straight to you. But this was the update that I mentioned at the beginning of the show, where yesterday we got an update out of one unique news source. It was called Matrix Daily. Nate, Matrix Port Daily Insights. Yesterday, they put out this article, why the SEC will reject Bitcoin spot ETFs again. What happened right after that news, Johnny? $3,000 drop. People right. blamed it on Jim Cramer. Jim People Cramer happened. That's what happened. <laughs> so let's check out another report that they published yesterday. Bitcoin spot ETF approval is imminent. Bitcoin will jump to $50,000. <laughs> You can't make this shit up. So, Andrew, that's just, I just wanted to expose the game a little bit because what happens today? We get that fake report. The thing is crashed for a short period of time. Well, this morning, BlackRock makes its first purchase at a base value of $10 million. It's a very nice discount after the hit piece we saw from yesterday. But with that being said, Andrew, I'm going to kick it to you. Yeah, you know, what's happening here? Also, on small movements, a lot of money is, is made. So, they are just testing it. If we can make some some social sentiment, it goes up and down and up and down. You know what? What I like to do to, to you know, I like to explain stuff for people. We talk a lot about AT ETFs. If people don't know what is a ETF, actually, if you have a, a, have an account at a stockbroker, you can just as easily buy an ETF as you can buy a stock. You hold it in your stocks account, and it is easy. You know, and that makes it so much more accessible to buy and or to get exposure to to Bitcoin. So if you think, why is this such a uh, yeah, an important step? Because the threshold to buy or, or at least to get exposure to Bitcoin will be so much lower and will be so much more reachable to other people. That's why it is so important that that ETF will come there because, yeah, it it's it makes it much more easier to buy it. So just a small sidestep, but that's why it is uh, important. And I, what I will see in the future, maybe in two, three years, as soon as the first one, two, three or ETFs are approved, 
we will see hundreds of ETFs like we see and, and all based on combinations with crypto and stocks and, and real estate and, and, you know, everything will be mixed or, or, or specific areas in, in crypto. And it will be a total mess, but it will only pump the Bitcoin or the, 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 the whole crypto market. Yeah. You know? and, that, and that's what we are looking for. Andrew, another very important narrative too that everybody is forgetting about, but I think it's going to come around in 2024, is when companies like BlackRock and JP Morgan realize that they can trade these altcoins and make a massive return, they're going to do it. And nobody anticipating that. Everybody's saying all these crap coins are going to die, Dogecoin's going to die, all these different assets. But Johnny, at the end of the day, what do these men love? Making money. And how do you make money? You can manipulate these low cap tokens. Now, we're not going to break that down too in depth, but if you got $10 million to spare, there's a lot you can do to make your company some money. And we got 336 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Johnny Crypto is the crazy cat man this morning. We're going to show you another video breaking it down how XRP ETF is imminent after a Bitcoin approval for one reason and one reason alone, guys. It is the only asset that has been deemed a non security. With that being said, here we. Yo. In the future, once more crypto are deemed non-securities, you're going to see spy ETS for, say, metaverse or NFT space or games. Um, you know, thinking, just thinking out loud right now, right after Ethereum spy ETFs are approved, well, there, there's Ethereum futures ETF, futures-based ETF and spot. But I think afterwards, we're probably going to see an XRP one because... XRP was just deemed a non-security, right? So yeah. it makes sense that there will yeah. be an XRP spy ETF soon. And then, yeah, and as time goes on, I think we'll get more. And then fund managers will be smart about it and, you know, put it together. There may be a crypto one where it's Bitcoin, Ethereum, and XRP or something like that, right? Yeah, I think that's definitely going to happen. Hey, where did we hear that before? <laughs> We've been saying it on this show forever that there's going to be a basket of ETFs coming out. But, you know, what he said was incorrect there. So I kind of disagree with him. You don't need XRP to be a security to create an ETF. Okay, remember, the when you create an ETF, the asset that you put in it will automatically become a security. Okay, so the fact that he says it's not a security completely makes zero sense because when... They launch an XRP ETF. That will be 100%. 100% that will be a security. Because remember, a security is just the way something is offered. So um, XRP will be a security when it's offered as an ETF. It's a no, no, no question about it. It will be. So it doesn't need the fact that it got a ruling for that to happen. It'll happen if... As Andrew said, if the big boys think they can make money off of it, and that's why it's going to happen. Hey, Johnny, the ETF will be a security. That's not correct. Not necessarily the, 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 X, the XRP. Well, but remember, it's an XRP ETF. Yeah. So the, ETF, the XRP ETF will be a security. Correct. Exactly. The underlying but asset. We're making it confusing, though, guys. And, I, and the only reason that I played this clip is because of who it is, right? So let's keep it very simple for the everyday investor. All these other assets have zero clarity. XRP does have clarity. It's been deemed non-security. Now, what Johnny's talking about is when you actually offer an ETF, it automatically becomes a securities product. It's approved by the SEC. So he's explaining a nuance here. But what this man, George, is explaining, and this is important to know, guys, this man, George, has been a longtime critic of XRP and Ripple. He's one of these guys like Da Vinci, like uh, the guy with the blonde hair, I can't remember his name, something Bitcoin, he always does the charts. These guys have for six, seven, eight years been critical of XRP since 2014 we're talking about. And now he's putting videos out that are not only optimistic, he thinks that these products are coming to the USA. So I think with that context, it does make his opinion a little bit more valid because he's been an XRP critic for so long and now he's making statements like these. Does that change your opinion? Well, not that it changed my opinion, but what it tells me is these guys are seeing that there's only one crypto out there that has clarity. That's why they're getting on board, or that's why they're more bullish on it, because they now recognize that in the past, okay, so in the Bitcoin maximalist head, you have to understand in their mind, they thought the only thing that was not a security was Bitcoin, right? And Gary came out and said it's not a security. So they always had, what's the word? 
the advantage, right? They knew Bitcoin wasn't a security and everything else was. That's how Bitcoin Maximus thinks. Well, now the Bitcoin Maximus says, well, Bitcoin is not a security and so is an XRP. So now there's two coins in the world in their minds that aren't. So that's why, to me, I'm not surprised to see them. I don't want to say jumping on the band on the bandwagon because I'm not sure so sure they're there yet. But they have been absolutely more optimistic, abs, especially this guy here, Da Vinci, about XRP. And, and I think again, I'm drawing a conclusion here. I think it's because of the fact that it is the only coin out there now, other than Bitcoin, in their minds that has clarity. Oh, yeah. Sorry. That was a sudden ending there, guys. But we got 430 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Johnny, I think I completely agree with you. And I always don't like that because I think people like when we debate on the show. But I actually very much agree with what you're saying. So I'm going to kick it to cash flow right after I give this update from what we showed last week, Andrew, because Da Vinci is another Bitcoin guy who's coming to the XRP supporter over the last six months. And I'm going to read this without playing the video. Just last week at the end of December, Da Vinci predicted another manipulated pump for XRP eyeing a surge past $1 and potentially reaching $1.33. Several Bitcoin influencers have joined the XRP wave over the past six months, and this is signaling bullish days ahead for XRP because they're just reading the price charts, right? They don't have this bias towards the project like long-term XRP investors, Andrew, and that's kind of where my head was at. And I just want to remind people the title of this video and why it was so impactful was he titled this, I think I might dump my Bitcoin for XRP. And for the longest time, he's called XRP a banker's coin. So, at the end of the day, money talks and BS walks, Andrew. What's all this mean to you? Yeah, this is this is funny. It's funny. Um, look, that, that what I often say, there are different types of investing and trading, and everybody has his own strategy. And, you know, and I, I also can imagine that you change your strategy. I have seen Robert Kiyosaki three years ago. He was totally anti-Bitcoin. Anti and, and, and since since two years now, he's talking, what do you need? Uh, real estate, gold, silver, and Bitcoin. So and I can't imagine that, that. What's Don't that? the cans of tuna. And cans of tuna. He's saying four things. I just want to get that in there. <laughs> so I can imagine that some people just change their mind. They, they get educated. However, these guys look more like traders, short-term traders. And that's also okay. You know, if you want to trade it, with a lot of volatility, there is a lot of fun if you want to trade. And if you know as a trader, the XRP will go up anyway in the future. However, the, 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 the expectation is that it goes up. You can never do a wrong trade. So it will uh, it will be okay. Johnny Crypto, this person, Chad Barry, said, why does nobody talk about Quorum? This is, is, it, is this what JP Morgan is using? They are using it. But here's the thing. I think it's more important that we talk about the public ledgers because that's the things that our listeners can actually invest in and profit off of. Those types of products, if we were to talk about them, we can go through for an educational purposes what they are and how they work. But there's nothing we can do to profit off of those technologies. So that's why we don't typically break down private blockchains. Put a one in the live chat if you guys want us to break that down because if it's helpful, we'll do it. Put a two in the live chat if you want us to keep doing what we're doing. But Johnny, we got 457 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And guys, I know we don't talk about this too often, but Andrew does have a smart investor course. Andrew, at, at, at let them know your website link because I'm forgetting it off the top of my head, of course, this morning, guys. So let me know your website link and talk a little bit about it. Uh, it is andrewcashflow.com. So what I what I do is uh, I developed a smart investor program. And you get an, uh, yeah, you get personal coaching from me. We make we make profits all over all the time. You know, we make fifteen to twenty five percent every year with 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 spikes up to 150 percent and it is so much fun to do that we actually we never make a loss it's not a guarantee that you don't make a loss but it is a way you know we talk a lot about exit plans and merlin is an excellent application for that but i talk a lot about entry plans because in investing you can only do three things buy sell or do nothing and most people they know how to buy they know how to do nothing and they have no idea how to sell. So, and the combination yep. of those three is so important to make your generational wealth. And, you know, and that, that, that's what I, yeah, that's what I like to do. I, I, I'm, I'm an IT engineer. I, I, I developed calculators that take away the emotion and the, and the calculators exactly tell you what, what to do, where to go in, where to go out, 
or went to do nothing. And that's right. also so healthy for your emotional yeah, well-being that you always know what to do. So no difficult technical analysis, not no no going into uh, all kinds of financial news. Very short-winded this morning, Andrew. I love the plug, but we got to move on. And guys, we got 450 live <laughs> listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And just to speak to what Andrew's talking about, we use these strategies ourselves, guys. Andrew is talking about his product because this is what we use. Same reason we talk about Merlin. Figure out how to enter the market. Figure out how to exit the market. Most people buy these assets and hold for the long term. That's what you can do. But if you really want to make a profit, you want to lock in wealth on the way up, you got to use these strategies and you got to educate yourself. But Johnny, this is the important news of today because today's video was titled this. XRP and XLM was built for the banks. I snuck a question mark in there, guys, because we're going to talk about it throughout the episode. But let's break down this Twitter thread that I found this morning from David Schwartz from October 5th of 2018. I want to start with this tweet right here because... Throughout this whole Twitter thread, David Schwartz unveils the true value of XRP and its similarities to Bitcoins and its functions, emphasizing its decentralized nature and dispelling the misconceptions about exclusive use cases by the banks. David Schwartz also firmly dismisses the notion that private banks could effortlessly clone an asset, labeling such claims as absolutely absurd. And I should have thrown quotations around that because he literally said it. It's absolutely absurd, Johnny. But let's start off with this first quote where David said, I see XRP's value proposition as much as the same as Bitcoin's, except XRP is faster, cheaper, and better for payments. The uses you're talking about are secondary use cases because of that value proposition. And just to add a little context, he's responding to this guy, Ari Paul, who's, I think he's a younger guy. He, he has a student in his, uh, in his bio. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say he's a younger journalist, influencer. He's got about 250,000 followers and he got the attention of David Schwartz here. But what he was saying is that if XRP isn't run by Ripple, then why imply that Bankcoin is run by banks if it's just a fork of the XRPL? So I think this is a valid question, especially if you're uneducated, right? David Schwartz is the man to answer this question. But more importantly, XRP, Bitcoin, and Ethereum are opposites in this regard. Bitcoin's value proposition is an alternative to centralized banks, while XRP's value depends on the adoption from the centralized entities. Different stakeholders different incentives. This is where David responds, Johnny, and I want to kick it to you right after this. He said, you're entirely wrong on this and the market disagrees with you. If you were right, XRP and Bitcoin prices would be much less correlated. In other words, it's an argument divorced from evidence. You can use XRP for all the same things you use Bitcoin and people do. So there's a couple more quotes. There's a couple more images that we're going to break down, but I wanted to start with your opinion, Johnny. First of all, how do you feel about David Schwartz saying XRP is not inherently built for the banks? It's just the best product, so they're inevitably going to use it. Second of all, what do you think about the comparisons to Bitcoin and him stating XRP is actually more decentralized than Bitcoin? Well, you know, I think back in 2018, because the XRP price was pumping and it was there were fewer coins and it was correlated to Bitcoin, that made sense. It is not correlated to Bitcoin, no. Bitcoin has done a lot more. It's almost decoupled. You know, Bitcoin is uh, one of those kind of pump, 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 you know, you'll see a lot of pump and dump, whereas XRP is a stable coin, right? The damn thing doesn't move. So, and I'm joking here, but you get my point is, you know, I actually disagree with David and agree more with the guy there where there actually is, there is some truth there that, you know, they, that, that XRP does absolutely rely on banks and other companies adopting their technology to be something. And we've clearly seen BTC take off on its own as a store of value. So it is totally, in this one particular instance, I'm, I'm going to, and I have the benefit of this being six years later when he wrote that. I don't know if he would have written that today, but I can understand why five years ago he wrote the way he wrote. But fast forward where we are today, and, and that guy, whatever his name was, who replied back to him was actually more accurate. XRP does rely and does need adoption for it to take off. Bitcoin, as we can clearly see, hasn't been adopted really by any large company, but yet it's flying because the super rich and the elites and everybody are using it as a store of value. And soon, so will the rest of the world when it becomes a BTC ETF. So the kid is right and David is wrong in this case, in my opinion. Andrew Cashflow, we got to get a contrary opinion to that one, but we got 500 live listeners joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button, and let us know in the live chat what your thoughts are on this article. But with that being said, I'm going to kick it back to Cashflow. 
Johnny says that the, the not David Schwartz was right. He said the other man was right. That XRP is actually decoupled from the market in many sense. And many thought it would be the other direction. And I think this is the unfortunate truth here, guys. The decoupling for us has happened in a negative aspect instead of a positive aspect. We've always talked about the Phoenix rising from the ashes. Well, we've been in the ashes for quite a while. It's still in the ashes. <laughs> I'm ready for that rise, guys. And we're, and we're trying to be lighthearted this morning. But Andrew, I do want to kick it to you on a serious note. What do you think about Johnny and David Schwartz statements? Um, what, what I see is that XRP has been suppressed, 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 and all the time. They, they, they totally missed the bull market in uh, the, the last more bull market three years ago. And what I, I always get the feeling that banks are accumulating and major money institutions are accumulating uh, 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 XRP just to get their backs. Because for me, it's clear XRP get a lot of um, uh, utility in the near future. And for that reason, you need it. And I think you, you will come later with a specific article about that other money kind institutions are start supporting uh, uh, in, international payments and other payments. You know, I will, not, I will not talk too too much about it yet, but there is so much promising future for XRP. And it is true that there is not a better alternative at the moment than XRP. You know, it's fast and it is cheap and it just works. There is a big company behind it. They can build applications. So what do you like more? It's it's it, it, it's a fantastic coin. However, do not put all, put all your money in, in XRP. Uh, also diversify a little bit, guys. Be be careful. Yep. Of course, guys. Diversity is key. Exit plan is next. But guys, I want to kick it to Johnny for some quick comments here. Johnny, let me know if you're ready to comment on this article because there's a couple of statements before we break down the last Twitter thread. We do have an entire another four tweets to go through from David. And he ends by saying, who wants to run by the banks? So remember that, guys. The banker coin, this is the founder. He said it himself. Who wants a crypto run by the banks? Apparently, David Schwartz doesn't fall into that category. But let's go back to this thread and get direct responses from Johnny and Andrew. Ari Paul said, who wants a crypto that's run by Ripple? If XRP isn't run by Ripple, then why imply that Bankcoin is run by the banks if it's just a fork of the XRPL? But more importantly, Bitcoin and XRP are opposite in this regard. Bitcoin's value proposition is an alternative to centralized banks, while XRP's value depends on the adoption of them. Let's pause it, right? Because what are we celebrating right now? We're not celebrating banks buying, but we are celebrating BlackRock buying Bitcoin. We are celebrating Citibank and JP Morgan. We, I'm actually contradicting myself. We are celebrating banks buying Bitcoin right now. So it's yeah. literally, I know this is a five, six-year-old conversation because I can't believe it's 2024 and 2018, six years ago. But I think this is still correlating to what we're going through today. Bitcoin dominates the market. Many people think it's a decentralized asset, but the reality is that's probably going to, that narrative is probably going to crumble over the next 24 months when these companies come in. So I'd like to get your response before we kick it to Andrew. What do you think, Johnny? Well, this is the part where I agree with the kid. I agree with him. I agree that at the end of the day, XRP's value does agree, does depend on adoption, not necessarily by banks because they're breaking into other entities. Oh, real quick. Sorry. My question was Bitcoin because he talked about Bitcoin. He said Bitcoin's value proposition is an alternative to centralized banks. I don't think that's true anymore. It what is right now. It still is right now today. I mean, we, we don't have a Bitcoin ETF and we don't know. You know, everybody thinks that once the Bitcoin ETF gets done, that that's going to destroy the centralization of it. The reality is it's always going to be mined it's going to need miners and those miners are out there and unless a company comes and buys up all the mine one company comes and buys up all the miners it is still going to be decentralized so i don't necessarily agree with that whole thing of well because it's an etf now it's no longer centralized that's not true the miners are still owned by multiple companies and until again now will one company buy them all up maybe someday and then at that point that's when i would say yes it's over you know, it's controlled, it's completely centralized, but that is not the case today. I think four companies or entities own 51% of Bitcoin mining right now today. So even as we speak today, you cannot say it is centralized. It is still owned. And that's just 51%. The other one, 51% is also fully centralized. So I don't think it's fully um, um, decentralized. I don't think it's fully centralized. And you can, you know, you can argue mining is centralized, but is it? That's the whole point is to have mining in different entities doing it. Anybody can do it. Of course, it's much harder now with the hash rates and everything. 
And there's only, I think, four major entities that own a good chunk of it. But those four are, are independent companies. Therefore, you can argue that it's decentralized. Andrew, I got to get a response from you. So when Johnny talks about the centralization of mining, I would I would uh, disagree. I think it is centralized. I feel like the evidence is out there, too. And I don't want to spend the whole show breaking it down. But when we look at just the American mining companies, they're all owned by Vanguard, BlackRock, State Street already in 2024. So that's why I feel like when we look at other countries, like let's talk about China real quick. Who do you, you think there's a lot of decentralized miners over there? So the stats that we're getting out of China about them having decentralized miners, I think are also probably swayed in the other direction. But Andrew, to close it out, because we're going to talk about XRP and XLM. Do you agree with what my initial question was that back in 2018, the idea of Bitcoin being escaped from the banks and an escape into a decentralized asset was valid. But now that we're going to see all of this institutional money come in and all these products be launched, we're watching the centralization of Bitcoin happen before our eyes. And we're all excited because we're going to make a ton of money because we're here. So it's a little bit contradicting. I'd like to hear your thoughts. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's the best of both worlds. It, it's a little bit decentralized. It's a little bit centralized. And it doesn't matter. What it does is it, it, it triggers a lot of uh, innovation and it triggers a lot of cost cutting. For, for, for a lot of stuff, it gives you possibility as a store of value. So there are so many possibilities. It triggers the whole market. If Bitcoin goes up a while later, all the, all the, all the alternative coins, coins go up. So as long as, as Bitcoin is treated with respect with, by those 51 uh, uh, mining uh, uh, group, if, then I think it's okay. As soon as they start, the first time that they start manipulating whatever on the Bitcoin blockchain, now the, the shit will hit the fan, you know? Then the whole world will be too small. And I think there will be immediately an, initi an initiative to, 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 uh, to, uh, yeah, to, to fork Bitcoin or to, to do something else just to get the, the, yeah, the, the, the bad players out of the game. So as long as they play the game, as it is meant to be, it's okay. Is it centralized, not centralized? You cannot say. And still, if it is owned by four major companies, they all four need to agree on something, how to manipulate it. So I'm, I'm not so sure uh, what will happen in the future, but at least for us, it gives uh, lots of opportunities. I think you make a lot of great points, Andrew. And Johnny, I don't know if you have any closing statements, but I do want to break down the third part of this Twitter thread. Did you have before, any before you do that, let's just stay on this topic. So, you know, I was just looking up the the number, the, the two biggest players or holders in Mara. Mara is the largest U.S. stock Bitcoin miner company in America. 13%, only 13% is owned between Vanguard and BlackRock combined. So there you go. It's still highly decentralized. Where'd you get those stats? CNN? Only yeah. joking this morning, guys. But we got 550. That's right likes. from the stop, right from the SEC. So there you I'm go. I'm just teasing. No, of course. We got 558 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. If you're new to the program, jokes are necessary when discussing some of these serious Absolutely. topics. But we let's break this last Twitter thread down because this might be the most important part of what David had to say. Ari Paul responded here. And this, thread, this Twitter thread went on for days. So... I'm just cutting out certain segments of this very, very long interaction. No, XRP has a gigantic value specifically as speculation that it will eventually be used by financial institution and others. I think that's a fact. If those same institutions actually use Newcoin, then Newcoin would be instantly more valuable than XRP. So let me make it down. Let me make it a little bit more simple. What he's saying here is Newcoin is a theoretical coin that he's using as an example for banks to create themselves. He's saying that banks could go out, copy what Ripple has built in XRP and create a private product for themselves. That's always been the speculation. I've even heard Johnny say it. Me and Johnny have debated this on the show. Well, David disagrees. And let's actually hear the facts because this is very important. He said, if that's right, it's that XRP will be an open decentralized asset that will be used by financial institutions and others. That's why XRP's price primarily tracks the value of other open decentralized assets more than it tracks any specific XRP-related or Ripple-related news. Do you want me to pause there, Johnny? Because I feel like that's so interesting. Uh, thumbs up, thumbs down, because you're on the screen. Thumbs up. No, no, keep going. Keep okay, going. cool. So David continued, if you think walled gardens are better for financial institution than open systems, we can have an argument. If you're just saying that other asset may try and do the same thing as XRP is doing, but do it better, sure, everything faces that competition. 
The idea that any group can just clone an asset and easily have a lead, however, is absolutely absurd. It hasn't worked for Bitcoin or Ethereum, and I can't see it working for XRP. Who wants a crypto run by the banks? With that being said, Johnny Floresjars. Yeah, I mean, you could see the logic and the thinking back then. This was all about something counter to the banks or something as an alternative to the bank banking system. However, the funny thing is XRP serves the banking system. If you think about it, it facilitates cross-border payment solutions that really aren't necessary by you and me every day. I mean, how many times do you send money overseas to somebody, right? It's not something you and I need. It is something the banks need. So it's kind of it's kind of like he almost contradicted himself there because this technology is something that the banks need. It will be used by the banking system. Whereas Bitcoin, you can clearly argue, isn't something. Not only is it not something the banks need, the banks aren't going to use it. I mean, they're using it for store value or you're going to see ETFs come out of store value. But the banks aren't going to be using it for cross-border payments or facilitate payments amongst each other. It's not it's not going to do that. It, it is really designed for like if I want to send something to Andrew. I can send Andrew Bitcoin right now and in 20 to 40 minutes, he'll have it out there in the Netherlands. And it is, you know, that, that was 20, 15 years ago. That would have been the fastest way I could have sent Andrew money as opposed to, you know, if I want to send him cash or I have to get a plane and fly it to him to get it to him there. But, you know, so, so Bitcoin did provide an alternative means and still does today outside the banking system. There's no question about it. I mean, it's just a fact is a fact. That's what it is. It does it still does that. Now, does it does it does it do it better than new technologies that can do it today? No, I could send them anything. I could send them XRP. I could send them a stable coin. I could send anything nowadays. That's the problem is you've got 12,000 different alternatives out there. <laughs> you know, versus back then there were three or four. So the, so this space has changed. And now we'll see which ones are able to survive and make it in the long run. If there's anything that Ripple has going for it, guys, it is the fact that it had a first early mover advantage. Remember, Ripple was, or sorry, XRP was OpenCoin back in 2004. Ripple created a company and then it merged itself into XRP. So this token, XRP, OpenCoin, has existed before Bitcoin. The narrative that Bitcoin is the first cryptocurrency is false and that's even verified by Google. Just Google it and you can figure it out for yourself. So there's a lot that we can talk about, Andrew, but I don't want to steal the floor. I'm going to kick it to you before we continue. The last quote is what really stuck out to me. David said this. He said, the idea that any group can just clone an asset and easily have a lead is absurd. Is absolutely absurd. Who wants a crypto that's run by the banks? With that being said, what's your initial response to that statement from David Schwartz? Uh, mute button, Andrew. Mute button. Well, I get a little bit tired of these, these discussions. You know, if, if a bank can, can create a crypto and, and a blockchain and it is easy to transfer money from, from one country to another country, just do it because they also, they, they, make, it, they make it cheap and easy also for, for the users. If you could, can do something independent of the banks and you are, I always think about the voice over IP what, what was competing with the switch circuit telephone system in the past. I, we had to pay for a, for a phone call to New York $10, $10 per minute. And currently, it's free. So transferring money should also become free. But as long as you have one party controlling both ends, you know, then it is not free and they will make money over your back. And, and as soon as you can decouple it from the banks, and I would be pretty terrified if I was a bank, then... You know, it's good for the public. It's good for the users. And you will see prices go down and innovation goes up. And there is where the money should be. And not with the ex exorbitant uh, profits that banks are making nowadays. And remember what Johnny said at the beginning of the show. He talked about the price targets that we got from some of these big financial firms. Johnny, remind me of those targets. You said 175, 600,000. What makes you think or what makes them believe we're going to reach those price targets? It's articles like these guys. As yesterday, Fidelity files for another Bitcoin ETF registration as a security. And the most important part of this article, just to save everybody the time, approval before January 10th. That seems to be consensus behind the scenes. It is January 4th today. So within the next six days, the biggest companies on the planet are anticipating the SEC is not only going to address it, may approve it, Johnny Crypto. With that being said, what does all this mean to you? I mean, that's why there's excitement apps. I think the world believes 
that, or sorry, not the world. I think these guys all believe that this is a new asset. Let's face it, it is. It's a new asset class to the world, which large institutions are saying they're going to put two to three percent in. You add up the math, and it, it, it you know, you've got thirty-five. Or up, I've heard anywhere from thirty-five billion to three hundred fifty billion chasing a limited supply of twenty-one million coins, of which not all twenty-one are available. It's a very small amount. In fact, I heard a I heard a number. Only 450 coins, I think it's 450 coins after the halving, is going to be available every day. That's it. New coins. So you have 450 new Bitcoin Bitcoins being made daily um, after the after the halving. That's that's not a lot of supply when you think of that in in in, in the contrast to the entire world, you know, or a chunk of the world chasing that. Imagine. I don't want. Uh, what do we say? There's uh, about 350 uh, million people, right, in into this space right now, and projected to be around two billion at some point. Imagine abs when two billion people or entities, whatever you want to call them, two billion demand for something that's only 450 coins available per day. I mean, you could see why people are calling high projections. It's very, very possible that this thing could go up if that demand comes to fruition. I think, and that's the case, you know, when the supply is so low, we will not talk about Bitcoin coins anymore. We will talk about Satoshis. Wow. And and then you talk about 100,000 of a Bitcoin. And, and then, because that's more understandable, because it's it's smaller. But uh, that uh, there is a bright future, that, that that's clear. And uh, that there is a shortage of uh, of supply. Yeah, that's also clear. Johnny Crypto, remember earlier this week that Stephen Narayoff commented and talked about Ripple's legal victory started this bull run. It's catch-up time for the last bull run. And we debated, was he saying that this was going to be the last bull run for XRP or was he saying it's going to be catch-up time? Well, he responded to me yesterday after the show and he told me he thinks it's catch-up time from the last bull run. So he meant to say from, he said for, but it's very interesting because either way it's bullish. What do you take away from Narayoff correcting himself? And let me just show you the stats because it was cited within this article. People are very optimistic and we continue to do these polls on Twitter. We got about 530 responses here. 38% believe we're going to see above $12 in 2024. As much as we talk about people having an exit plan, it looks like their first exit targets are very, very high, my friend. So I want to give you some the open floor and we'll continue. Yeah, I mean, that's a very, very, very large market cap. You're talking big, big numbers if you're sitting in the... Uh, you know, 500 billion. I think that puts it around 500 billion or 600 billion. So you're basically saying that you believe XRP is going to surpass and, and not only surpass, but double the size of Ethereum. That's that's going to be, there better be a goddamn good narrative for that to happen, right? There's got to be, I mean, think of the narrative that ETH has where it's running the, all the D apps because it's smart contract and it's everywhere and, and it can't even break. 300 what the hell's uh what is it at let me see let me pull up my merlin market cap what is uh what is eth at about two uh it's 273 million uh, billion dollars so so you'd have to believe that xrp which right now is sitting at 30 31 almost 32 billion would have to 20x i mean could it happen of course in the crypto market it certainly can if it catches the right narrative and the right spark it, it could happen, you know, and maybe tokenization is a spark for it or custody. I don't know. But but do I think there's a high probability of a 20x on, on a 30 on a 30 billion? I mean, you know, you know where I said I thought the prices were, um, you know, I think we're talking somewhere between three and 10, maybe 12 max range. Somewhere in that zone is where I think is more realistic. But above 12. I mean, long term, of course, but in this bull run above 12 abs, I would love to see it. Do I think it's going to happen? Very low probability. Can it happen? Yes, it can. But but will it probability wise? I think it's a small probability. That's just my opinion. And we're looking at the monthly chart for XRP here, guys. And I just want to remind everybody that even during the peak bull run of 2021, XRP reached about 120 billion in total value. So we're going to have to do a 6x from 120 billion in order to reach some of these price targets. And I just wouldn't put that in the most likely case scenario. Now, what I do think is valuable is as we look at this monthly price chart, it speaks for itself. What happened between 2018 and 2021? Nothing but negative momentum. We're talking about over 20 months 
of just downward price action. And it's only because it tracks it this far. It's actually two more years of negative price action here. But think about it. We went from 17 cents, Johnny, after being sued by the SEC at the end of December, 16.69 cents is the bottom of this wick. Unbelievable. We mm -hmm. went from there to $1.90 in what? One, two, three, four monthly candles. And that happened during an SEC lawsuit. So think about what can happen this time around without a lawsuit. The same amount of liquidity, actually more liquidity flowing through these markets, making their way through the altcoins. I think it's very likely we break all time high. And I don't want our people to get wrecked by not taking some profit off the table. And that's why you have to have an exit plan. If XRP reaches $10, the community will be screaming for 20. If XRP reaches 20, the community will be screaming for 50. So never think you're going to look on Twitter and say, oh, look, everyone's telling me to sell. Now's the time. You're always too late. You're better off being too early. And that's why we always talk about an exit plan. But the fact is, a lot of people want to hold these assets long term. So if you're going to take money off the table, make it 5%, make it 2%. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be these huge exit plans where you're selling your whole portfolio. You just take 2%, 5%, and then all of a sudden you took something out Maybe it helps you sleep better at night. But we got 576 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button and cash flow. When we look at the XRP price chart, it's pretty interesting. It's actually trending up. Now, we're looking at the monthly timeframes here, and we're looking at over just about a year and a half worth of data. But ever since June of 2022, XRP has been trending in the right direction. And so I think that us heading into the bull market with this positive momentum, and like we talked about at the beginning of the show, Products like these are going to be launched in the bull market this time. Let me remind you, Andrew, back in 2020, before the SEC ever sued Ripple, Grayscale filed an XRP trust application with the SEC, and they included it in a decentralized basket. So they filed another, another uh, trust product called GDLC. What that was, was 30% Bitcoin, 30% Ethereum, 10% Solana, 10% XRP, 8% Cardano, and so on. So... What happened is that the SEC cracked Ripple with that lawsuit and everybody got scared. Everybody pulled their applications from the SEC. And when you listen to the reasons that they gave, I don't totally buy it. They said it was actually a liquidity issue because XRP was pulled off most of the US exchanges. Grayscale said they couldn't figure out a way to convert their XRP to dollars. So that was the technical reason they didn't launch this. But at the end of the day, we know this lawsuit ends in April. That leaves eight months of the year for people like Grayscale to file applications at the SEC and possibly get an approval. Hopefully I broke that down correctly. Johnny, let's start with you and go to Andrew. I guess they never heard of Uphold. That's the question I would ask them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Uphold was still up, but no, I understand why they did it. I mean, at the end of the day, they used it as an excuse, but they were scared and running like chickens. And everybody does. This is the effect. This is the effect the SEC has when. They're, when they're sicked on you, right? When they sick the SEC on you, the, or when the SEC sicks themselves on you, the reality is this is what happens. It scares away all the other major playing financial entities because they're scared. They don't want the SEC on their back. So I totally understand it. I get why they got out. They don't, they don't have the bullshit excuse about, oh, we couldn't do it. because There you go, Alchemist, 589 That's the 589 I'm looking for. I believe the $5.89 is realistic. But anyway, going back to the point, is they, um, you know, they, yeah, the excuse they gave was, oh, yeah, the liquidity wasn't there. And maybe there was some truth to that. But the reality is they don't even want to be holding the, you ever heard of a hot potato? You don't want to hold the potato when it's hot, right? You don't want it as you pass that thing around. And that's what everybody did. Like the SEC's on their back. I don't want nothing to do with it. I'm staying away. Now that the SEC is gone, right, and this thing's coming to an end, yeah, I think you're going to see everybody and their mother jumping on an XRP ETF when the time comes. Cash flow. I'm going to kick it straight to you. Yeah. We're looking at the XRP products in the USA, but I think it's a broader picture as well. As somebody outside of the United States, do you think we're focusing too much on the USA here? So respond to what Johnny had to say. And I also want to hear from your perspective. Are we focusing too much on the American markets or is this a big a deal as we're making it out to be? Yeah, focus on the American market. Uh, if, I, if I look at, for example, at the stock market, financially seen, the, the, the USA market is 10 times all the other markets. So I mean, uh, the USA really plays a major role. Um, what I wanted to say, I remember the day that, that the SEC said, okay, we, 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 uh, we, uh, we, we sue uh, a Ripple. From that moment on Coinbase, you were only allowed to sell XRP. You were not allowed to buy XRP anymore. So what will happen? 
it only goes down because everybody was selling. So that, that's one. And uh, uh, on the other hand, I can imagine if I would, would be a, a major owner or, or an owner of, of a major company and we have an, 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 a crypto or blockchain project in mind and I see a lawsuit coming, do you think as a, as a responsible CFO and CEO, I want to continue with that project based on XRP? No, I want to wait for a while and see how it, how it develops. You know, we talked now about three years ago. So it doesn't wonder me that, 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 that actually XRP was left a little bit alone. However, what it was very wise from Ripple, they went to the rest of the world. And what you now see, they have uh, subsidiaries everywhere on the world. They are very uh, di distributed with their, with their company and they are building all the time XRP applications. They are ready for, the, for ignition and they are ready to, to, yeah, to implement a lot of uh, utility all over the world. And then when, when the US will follow, which to my idea will be soon, we will see a major uh, uh, spike up and a major demand going up for, uh, for XRP. Johnny Crypto, remember this and remember this more important than anything in the live chat, guys. We never custody your crypto with Merlin. That's a question that we get a lot. And I saw it again today. We never, ever custody your crypto. We don't touch any of your assets. And that's why we talk about it. I just want to make sure that's very, very clear. But what Andrew broke down is so important, Johnny. Did someone say Bank of America? Because I thought I heard it in the back of the room there. He talked about over 130 partnerships worldwide with banks alone. We know that they have over 500 partnerships with financial institutions and Bank of America is on that list. So while you give your response, I'm going to pull up that graphic as well. And we got 587 live listeners joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button, and make sure you vote in the poll today because we will address it before the end of the show. But Johnny Crypto, floor is yours. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, you know, we will certainly see abs these these uh, a basket of these ETFs coming in. Uh, we just have to get past the first one, and and so once we get that and that's done, that's going to legitimize the space, and then you'll continue to see different ones coming in. And I've said it from day one. I think you'll have you'll have some individual ones. You'll have an Ethereum one. You'll have a Bitcoin one. You'll have an XRP one. Uh, you know, probably a Solana one, and then you'll have baskets. You'll probably have a a payments one, a gaming one, a smart contract. You're going to see a shit ton of these things because as Andrew said in the beginning of the show, this is all about making money. Let's not ever lose sight of that. Okay. This is about making money. And these, these companies, these um, brokerages are going to create products, investment vehicle products, which they can charge a fee to make money. And that's, that's how it's going to work. So you're going to see a bunch of them coming out. Johnny Crypto, this is a good question we got in the live chat. Mark Gutierrez said, Abs, how can you make an ETF out of a currency? I get Bitcoin is considered a commodity, but XRP is a currency. I didn't, I don't think so, sir. I don't think XRP is a currency, but I understand what he's saying because it's the liquidity function between fiat currencies. We haven't, we don't have a specific classification for assets like XRP. And that's why this is so important. Johnny, any response? Yeah, no, I think you kind of nailed it spot on, right? At the end of the day, this is where it's tricky because it's called cryptocurrency and you hear the word and you assume it's a currency. But the reality is it's technology. It's an investment asset. Yeah, you know, it's an asset, just like oil is an asset. Gold is an asset. And you have ETFs around those assets, right? And so just consider it. Think of crypto more as an asset rather than a currency. And then you could simply understand that's how they're building an ETF around. It's an ETF around an asset that's going to have some value. Does that make sense? Hopefully that helps. Absolutely, guys. And Andrew Cashlow, I want to get your thoughts on this as well. At the end of December, Ripple put out a bunch of predictions, and this is one that stuck out to me. A major U.S. retailer will accept cryptocurrency as a form of payment, allowing Americans the ability to use blockchain-based payments for everyday purchases. That's a prediction out of Ripple in 2024. There's a lot that goes into this, right? Because people believe we need regulation before we're going to see companies like Apple and Amazon start using this technology. But I'd like to hear your opinion. What do you think comes first? American regulation or a company like Amazon or Apple allowing blockchain-based payments for everyday purchases? Um, yeah, what will come first? It will, it will, it will arise both. But what, what triggered me here in this statement is what does this mean? A U.S. retailer will accept a cryptocurrency as form of payment. That means that I can go to that retailer with my mobile phone, with my wallet, with my, for example, my XRP wallet or my Bitcoin wallet, and I can pay for the service. What does that mean for the bank? Nothing anymore. 
the bank is not in between because I pay from my wallet to the wallet of the retailer. And the, and the, and the bank is totally out of this game. And that makes me so enthusiastic about this new payment because we have to separate money from state. Like we separated religion from state in a long time ago, money must also be separated because then it is over with the endless money printing and, and the hidden taxation and that kind of stuff. But that's why I'm enthusiastic about, uh, about this kind of development. And more and more smart people are starting to understand that this are these are technological, uh, te technical, uh, feasible applications that you can make. So it's fantastic. It is fantastic, guys. And we're going to play this video to close it out. This is Da Vinci doing a little TA on XRP. Pump coming again. Manipulative pump coming again soon for XRP. Most likely when it gets closer to this uh, trend upward trend line, there's going to be a massive pump. Boom. Let's take a look at where this thing can go. Yes, you can see that we can head up to $1.33 pretty fast and blow past this top, this this the, the local top of almost a dollar here. And probably come back and, and hold that level, the dollar level, for quite some time. So um, I'm looking for that to happen with XRP. So that's why I wanted to play the video, Andrew. If XRP pumps, we know XLM will pump quickly after. Johnny Crypto, floor is yours, and I'll jump in. Yeah, I mean, the two seem to be highly correlated. Don't ask me why. I don't know other than the fact that they're brothers and sisters. I'm guessing that's why they're so tightly bound together. It is a fork of the other one to some degree. Um, so for that reason, yes, as goes one, we'll do the other. If you hold both, you're definitely praying that XRP goes up because it kind of doesn't seem to be the other way around. You don't see XLM go up and then XRP follow. You kind of see it the other way around. You see XRP go up and then XLM just completely follows. At least that's what we've seen historically. Will that change this time around? It's going to depend on the narrative. It's going to depend on the announcements XLM makes. If XLM starts breaking ground and starts getting adoption in areas where nobody expected apps, we may see a reversal. We'll have to see. Remember, Andrew, even after the XRP lawsuit, XLM pumped based off that news. And then we got other news in October of 2023 where BlackRock was potentially filing for an XRP trust and Stellar moved on that news as well. So my safe assumption here, and it is an assumption, is that if we get positive momentum for XRP, XLM will quickly follow. What do you think about that, Andrew? Yeah, but you, this, is, this is the behavior we see already for years. That, that XRP and, and, and XLM are just following each other. And what you see is also that, that founders are also pretty much connected with each other. They just had a, had a dispute in the past and then they said, okay, here will our ways will uh, separate. Uh, so, uh, but if you go back to that other other uh, picture that, that, that what, what you just saw, that, that, that big green spike you see here in, in the middle of the screen, that, that uh, in the middle of the, the big green spike, in, uh, that was in uh, July, the 14th of July, that spike. That's not my manipulation. He said with, with the circle that was manipulation. No, it was the end of the Ripple lawsuit. That it was clear that that that, that Ripple won yeah, for 80% the lawsuit. And that's why it went up so, so high. Yeah, and the sad story is that it also went down even lower than it was before. So, but here you can see how 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 much emotion is in a market people are, are all running behind each other and what you should do is just in this case dollar cost average in with xrp keep doing it and and, and go from there and you will you will be happy that you did it maybe maybe in the next boredom or maybe in the next four year and then uh, that, that that's a way better strategy than believe in manipulation and that kind of stuff Absolutely, Andrew. And we got 555 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We are showing the XLM price chart just to prove the correlation here, guys. Look at how they moved. Same four months during 2021. We got the exact same thing. Get ready because when XRP moves, it doesn't even need to be related to XLM. We should see the price chart quickly follow. And the thing that we asked our live chat today, Johnny, was this. Will we see an American XRP ETF application approved in 2024 59% of our voters said yes, but 41% no. Very interesting out of almost 400 votes. What's your response before we close it out? 
I would have loved to have seen this question two days ago before that fake article came out. Remember, you know, I would have loved to have seen what people thought before. And I think that number would have been way, way higher. But what we should play, as we do need to play it on the next show, um, is the, I got to dig it up, the old video by Jim Cramer, where when he was a hedge fund manager, he talked about how he would literally have his friends create fake articles to scare the public to drive down the price of something. So don't be surprised if that's exactly what that was the other day. And don't forget, we also have a special today, Thursday. Yeah, we have a special debut for you guys tomorrow, right, Abs? Absolutely, guys. So tomorrow we are going to be producing for the first time ever. And this is huge breaking news. So anybody who's watching, tune in. We are going to be showing you the trailer for the XRP documentary that is going to be released on Netflix. It is premiering on this show tomorrow at 11 a.m. So we're going to give you guys a quick snippet and show you just a little bit about what's going on. Be sure to tune in, turn your notification bell on for tomorrow because you're going to see for the first time anywhere on the planet, the XRP Netflix trailer that is launching on our show at 11 a.m. Eastern. But we got 450, sorry, 555 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I want to say thank you to Andrew Cashflow and thank you to Johnny Crypto. Tomorrow's going to be a super exciting episode. We'll see you guys in 23 hours. And like we always say, Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us.